0: Welcome one, welcome all. This hour of the program brought to you by our good friends. A uh, new sponsor, by the way, our buddy Joey and the whole gang at Albanese's Roadhouse. Look, I've always said, if you're going to go downtown, I'll tell you where to go for Italian food. But if you're going to go west of the city, and maybe you live in the Brookfield, the Waukesha, New Berlin, Hales Corners, Delafield area, that type of thing, Pewaukee, uh, there's Albanese's Roadhouse right there on Blue Mountain Road. And they are right now expanding their bocce ball leagues. They do that thing year-round, too. I can't imagine that they do because it's 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 cold out, for lack of a better term. And they still got people out there playing bocce ball. I drive past it all the time. But uh, great people out there. Check out Albanese's Roadhouse right there on, um, on Blue Mountain Road. Just great people. But even better, Joey and his staff, they really do take care of you. They're fun people. They're good people. And uh, I-, I love working with those guys. Um, Good, good stuff right here in the Waukesha area, but uh, whether it's uh, just good food, good beverages, going in for a, a game or two, you can check it all out at Albanese's Roadhouse right there on Blue Mountain Road, right across from Home Depot. Uh, joining us now, our buddy Mike Clements, uh, NFL Sirius Radio, our Green and Gold Insider, and uh, my partner in crime heading out to L.A. and Hollywood. Mike, I, I don't know if we're ready for Hollywood or Hollywood's ready for us, but... Uh, in less than a week, you and I are going to be winging our way out and covering this Super Bowl between these two new teams.
1: Is it true, Bill, one of the producers told me that Bill's rented the, the mansion where they filmed the Beverly Hillbillies with the Clampett family back in the 60s with the Seaman the pond and uh, I was going to do
0: that, but I heard that the Playboy Mansion was being foreclosed on and has gone in defunctory, so you and I are going to bathe every morning in the grotto.
1: have slept here, and yes. he yes. slept here, and he slept here
0: right yeah, I'm looking forward well, to it. it's going to be different.
1: Your Bengals are in the Super Bowl bill
0: uh, I Super am uh as stunned as anybody at this point.
1: yeah, well, you know I was, uh, someone who's asking me well, who should have been in the Super Bowl this year I said, well, I think the league, I think the networks. I think the city of Los Angeles was kind of hoping on Chiefs-Packers, not just because of the throwback to the the first Super Bowl out in L.A., by the way. But, you know, it's Mahomes against Rodgers. And if I'm not mistaken, those two have never squared off, right? I mean, uh, Mahomes had that knee thing, and we were down at Arrowhead. uh, So, you know, Rodgers won that game. And then Rodgers gets COVID, you know, and Mahomes is there waiting for him to show up, and instead he got Mm -hmm. Jordan Love. So, it would have been great to see those two quarterbacks and possibly, you know, the Green Bay quarterback going to be named MVP of the season. So that, the other thing I think is so strange is that with the Rams in, I mean, isn't that like just half a stadium of fans that are not going to be have to book hotels? They can just pull out of their driveways and go to the game?
2: Right, and, exactly. You know,
1: the Cincinnati fans, they're going to be uh, loading up to, to want to get there. I mean, Zach Taylor, even after the game last night, was... You know, saying to the Bengals fans, "Come on, man! Come on, Ohio! Get get on the planes, trains, whatever, come out to L.A. and uh, and support us. Uh, we'll need it." But there was that one stat. I think it was actually during the broadcast that said that they estimated that 65 percent of the fans at SoFi last night were 49ers fans, mm-hmm. not Rams fans. And I know that there's this feeling about Los Angeles is like we didn't have football for over 25 years. We we found other stuff to do. Whether Sundays, so it's going to take a little while before we warm up to the Chargers and the Rams. Um, but uh, you know, I listen. It's the Super Bowl. I think it's. Uh, I think there's all kinds of good storylines in this thing between can Matthew Stafford, you know, not choke and throwing up. What was with that ball that should have been picked off by oh, Art?
0: Yeah, that was Down terrible. It was a of, terrible I, throw. Guess
1: it, I guess he was aiming for Jefferson, but you know when. When I look at the Rams this year and the, the team that the Packers beat, you know the difference was it's like once they got Stafford in there and they could see his arm, then they kind of just let him stand back there in the you know in the pocket and, and try and deliver the balls to Cooper Cup and, and and company. But that's when they started losing games, and it was not until they made a sort of a change in the middle of the season where they said, you know what, we're going to go back to run the Sean McVay scheme. We're going to get back to the misdirection and and that's when they started winning again down the stretch as for the bengal's um joe burrow man I, you know mm-hmm. over the weekend i was in a um, i was at a barber shop and for some reason they had on a live broadcast of one of the boston tv stations like cbs nonstop coverage of the blizzard out there and i was kind of paying attention cuz you know one of our daughters lives out there now and they have got 20 inches of snow 150,000 people without power and the only thing that stopped them from their nonstop blizzard emergency coverage was Tom Brady retires.
0: <laughs> right, I know.
1: They they broke in with that, and I, my thought was, uh, you know, all this stuff about well, there'll never be another Tom Brady. Well, there may not be another guy that wins seven Super Bowls, but Joe Burrow, well, watch out, he's going to get an awful lot of records and pass up Dan Marino and Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers if this kid keeps playing the way he's playing at 23 years old.
0: Mike, uh, and I know Brady, because I, I, I was kind of shocked that Jim Gray didn't break the news, and we still are waiting to hear that it's official from Brady. Apparently he was kind of upset and hasn't said whether he is or isn't retiring and all that kind of stuff. But I, I can't imagine that all of this, uh, put it this way, if Brady wasn't retiring, don't you think by now he would have said, "Hey, I'm I'm not going anywhere. I've decided to come back," or do you think he's just holding out for a specific announcement?
1: I think that's what's going on. I think I think he's probably upset that he he let the Buccaneers go, and somebody leaked it, you know, to yeah. Schefter or, or somebody like that. But I, I, you know, with everything that he was saying to Jim Gray on his podcast about, you know, I really need to probably spend more time with family and those kinds of things. It's not like he was leaning towards retirement. There's really nothing else for him to prove. And that team is getting old and going to have to, you know, the Bengals or the, the Buccaneers are a team that's going to have to rebuild. Not the Green Bay Packers, but the Buccaneers are a team that's going to have to rebuild. And so maybe it's a good time to, to make an exit.
0: The uh, the Packers as we continue to wait for what's going to go on with with Aaron Rodgers. Were you are, are you surprised that we have not heard anything on Mo Drayton? Just that we've heard that Stenovic is the offensive coordinator and Getze and Nathaniel Hackett are both gone.
3: Oh, that's not yeah. a, a, a real huge story. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mo,
1: it, yes. I'm sorry, it is because yeah. special teams cost the Packers. It, I, I thought, I mean, I've been going over some of those plays from last week, Saturday night, at Lambeau with 10-degree temperatures and the snow coming down and 79,000 Packer fans with a pretty good show-up of the Red Nation from the 49ers. How did you lose that game? Just, I mean, to me, that loss is the most disappointing loss in the playoffs the Packers have had. For me, in 20 years, since the night that this kid from Atlanta, Michael Vick, came in there and beat Brett Favre and the Packers in the snow. From Atlanta, the Falcons, which to, that was like, what is what just happened? This is Lambeau Field in the playoffs. The Packers are never supposed to lose a game in the postseason, and that was the the, the change of the the loss of that thing that the writers would always call the Lambeau Field mystique. But it's mm-hmm. too many times their seasons have ended in the cold weather at Lambeau over the last 10 years through now two different coaches. And, you know, I'm going over some of those special teams plays like the Zabruder film. It's ridiculous. But, you know, you know me, I could do two hours on three plays that cost you the season and a chance to have gone out to have hosted the Rams this weekend um, as opposed to sitting at home and watching it on TV. As for what's going on coaching-wise for LaFleur, I, it, it, this would not be the first time that we have seen just one or two coaching changes, but that the guy is out. It's been out there for two or three days. The interviews are already underway to find somebody to replace him. Would I be shocked if they kept Mo Drayton? N- no, but I guess, you know, Matt LaFleur then means that he's going to take full responsibility for happen happened in the game against the 49ers, and they've got some serious changes to make because they you know, they screwed that up. They screwed that up. Who knows? Maybe they're still debating inside as to whether or not, you know, they really want to allocate the funds, or they're waiting for somebody to get free from one of these teams um, that um, might have just recently been in the playoffs that they hope to acquire to help Mo Drayton out. I mean, really, in a perfect world, it would be great if Mo Drayton could just go back to be an assistant, and they bring in some more uh, uh, experienced killer special teams guy, but you know, there's always got to be a scapegoat in the NFL.
0: The uh, the conspiracy theory, Mike, is that, first of all, Aaron Rodgers, uh, more likely to remain with the Green Bay Packers than go anywhere. And the whole thing about, well, he could always retire, and he's comfortable with retirement. I think at this point, if Brady retires, Gronk retires, which means in five years on that stage, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I am low man on the totem pole because I'm coming in there with one ring, Ben Roethlisberger has two, Brady has seven, and Gronk has numerous rings. I'm the low guy. I, you know, I don't think Rodgers would want to retire and end up on that stage as the low man on the totem pole. You know what I mean?
1: I don't really know what Aaron Rodgers wants right now. I just I know that he's the ultimate competitor, and I know he wants to do things his way. And I also know that he and Patrick Mahomes right now are sitting at home and there's sh- lesser extent of Patrick. Patrick yesterday was playing his best ball in the first half. And for some reason, then after blowing, you know, why Andy Reid doesn't just take the points and kick the field goal instead of have Patrick throw that ball out into the flats and get it stopped and come away with no points and just just give the Bengals the momentum. And then Mahomes comes out in the second half, and he's scrambling backwards all over the field. Instead of running the ball downfield or advancing like he did in the first half, he's back there running around all over thinking he can extend the play 10 seconds and still find somebody, and there was nobody there. And as for Aaron Rodgers, just the opposite of what Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes did last weekend, or even Matthew Stafford yesterday, or at some parts, Garoppolo is. Move the ball down the field over the middle of the field, And also honor the run. When you've got the ball twice at the end of the fourth quarter against the 49ers, throw the ball at the tight end over the middle. If the corners are, are covering you know your special guy, Devontae and Randall. You know, use the middle of the field. Stop worrying about ball security. Start worrying about being aggressive. And Rogers did not do that. He was more worried about throwing the ball away than winning. The football game, in my estimation, and you know, and and not running the scheme, and and you know, Lafleur too. Where was he? And even if AJ Dillon was down, why weren't you using Aaron Jones? So I think that that last game plays into Rogers' mind. Uh, what Rogers wants is, you know, when he comes into the to the press conference after the game, and also does a, a a McAfee show a couple of days later, where he says, "No, I don't want to be a part of a rebuild." That doesn't mean that there's going to be wholesale changes and bringing in a whole bunch of new guys and everything. Brian Goodkins is is rebuilding all the time. It's like Mm -hmm. we said last week. He brings in AJ Dillon to what? Replace Jamal Williams. He hires Eric Stokes to to, to draft Eric Stokes with his first pick to compete or move on from Kevin King. He brings in guys off the street like Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas and end up being great players for you. But he's constantly churning the roster to try and put the best players on the field. When Aaron Rodgers says, I don't want to be a part of a rebuild, it means I don't want to have to say goodbye to Mason Crosby, Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb. I don't want to be the oldest guy on the team. I think that's what Aaron Rodgers is saying. I think it's those assurances about what happens to Devontae Adams if, in fact, he's going to be a Packer or he and his agent decide the best thing is to get out of Green Bay and go make the money someplace else, I think that's what Aaron Rodgers is sitting waiting for. He also might be real interested to see who the hires are going to be. And so the fact that we just got it officially announced at 10 o'clock today that Adam Stetovich has gone from offensive line coach to run game coordinator to now Matt LaFleur's right-hand guy to help him every week prepare the offense for game plans, at least that's a known for Rogers. So whoever they're going to bring in for a quarterback coach and and other guys, at least Rogers says, okay, I, you know, I can work with that guy.
0: Mm-hmm. I, uh, I again, I agree with you that they're not going through a wholesale rebuild, and they have the ability to keep the band together. You're just kicking a can for money down the road for a few more years, and, and then hoping that there's going to be enough television money eventually that they can kind of offset some of that and maybe come back to the even cycle. But, uh, look, you got a solid run game. you got a solid offensive line. You're going to get Tunyon back. Now the question is whether or not you get Devontae. But, and I agree that they need more help. They need more wide receivers. That is an area that, that Goody has to be prominent in this year. But the only area you start to look at is your pass rush because your secondary is still pretty solid with what you have, but your pass rush, if you get rid of Zedarius, if you get rid of Preston, if Devondre Campbell does not return because he has made himself some serious money this year, then you have to really look at what you have the ability to do via the pass rush. But beyond that... I don't think you're going for wholesale changes. I just think you're gonna make some a- area where there's gonna be some guys that are gonna take some restructured contracts and kick a little bit of that money down the road, say goodbye to maybe a couple of guys that might be a little questionable and, and you still got an opportunity to win.
1: Excellent excellent points about defense there, Bill, because once again here we are in the off season saying, How are we gonna get Kenny Clark some more help? And Dean Lowry did improve this past year. And mm-hmm. Joe Joe Barry, man. He had a pretty good game plan for the 49ers. Of course, you know, at the end of the day, Jimmy Garoppolo is, in fact, a good, just an average quarterback, nowhere near playoff elite quarterback. And I think he probably, you know, threw himself out of a, a job. Uh, I mean, he, he, that was prime examples to why they drafted a quarterback last year. But yeah, mm-hmm. those are pretty good questions about uh, defense and trying to improve or hold on to what you had this past year. Uh, here's another one, though. What about offensive line? I mean, that story that David Bakhtiari told last week about having his knee drained 15 times during the season, Mm -hmm. more ounces of fluid at one point, a nurse telling him saying, man, I never saw this much fluid come out of a knee. That's where David Bakhtiari is. And, you know, how bad is that going to be? Hopefully another four or five months of just healing and staying off of the thing can help him get that knee back, but that was some pretty scary stuff. And not to mention Elton Jenkins is going through the same thing right now with rehabbing an ACL. So those are two of your best offensive linemen that are going to be question marks. Now, you know, Josh Nyman and John Runyon and, you know, Josh Myers, you know, is is back from his knee injury that uh, he had to have screws put in for a, a broken bone that he explained from the Bears game. You know, you still, you're still had pretty amazing depth at offensive line, and you still got your offensive line coach in the house with Stenevich not being offensive coordinator. But I imagine that's another thing that Aaron Rodgers is looking at is in terms of what kind of protection am I, I going to come back for year 18.
0: My good stuff. Uh, we're going to kind of uh, start gearing up towards warmer weather, but more so uh, this uh, upcoming Super Bowl. It should be exciting. It should be fun. And then uh, we're re- going to reconvene at the airport on Saturday morning early.
1: Yeah, looking forward to it because I think there's going to be a ton of great stories. I think uh, you and I have to talk about exactly how we're going to deal with the L.A. traffic to get from one place to another.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I just saw that uh, opening night is now virtual.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Yep, opening
0: no. night has gone virtual.
1: There'll be some of that, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, that's, that's yeah, That sucks. Part of the world we live in. But yeah. um, I just know that the rest of it is, it's going to be great to see you know, other friends from around the league and to, and to catch up with coaches and players and, and talk some football all next week from L.A.
0: Yep, no doubt. Mike, good stuff as always. We'll talk again, okay? Thank you, Billy. See you, buddy. There you go. Our buddy Mike Clemens, uh, Sirius XM, NFL Radio, our green and gold Packers insider, joining us for a couple of minutes uh, on the hotline and, and great to get his perspective, but uh, it's going to be fun. We are going to have uh, uh, hopefully a really good time, but more so... Really good shows and podcasts and such uh, out in LA, and we bring you a lot of the uh, the fun and, and pageantry, so to speak, of what LA has to offer. Um, stay tuned; we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next.
3: Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: back this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at epoxy flooring done right providing wisconsin home and business owners epoxy flooring coating services and polyurea coating services at incredible prices as a matter of fact uh, i just saw um, a a friend of mine's bar he just had uh, epoxy flooring in and they were they were going to do hardwood And instead, they ended up going with the epoxy flooring and the polyurea coating to make it look really nice, almost like a marble floor. It's beautiful, beautiful. My God. If you've got a business just for your home or you're, say, a small showroom, car dealer, maybe something just in the office, maybe a small showroom or industrial even, they can do it all. Get a hold of Sean and the gang, EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. That is EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. That's right. Dot com or just call Sean, 262-443-2852, 262-443-2852, uh, and uh, great, great people over there. real And I'm telling you, really, really, really good stuff, really good stuff. That's epoxy flooring done right. There you go. 877 um, 867 if you want to hit us up, that's the phone number to go ahead and do so. Uh, Max says, uh, "If Aaron Rodgers does not make a decision by the end of February, uh, what do you think that means for the Green Bay? I think he's going to make a decision in the next three weeks. I, I just I think it's coming in the next three weeks. Now, um, you're going to have free agency coming up in about six weeks, at, as you get to the official NFL start of the season, so to speak of the of the new year. Um, so I I think." That uh, probably in the next three weeks you're going to hear about something. You're going to hear about something. Um, that's just that's just my thought. Just my thought. Uh, you got the scouting combine the beginning of March. Um, then you got franchise and tri- tri- uh, because the end. Of, uh, I think it's right after the combine on March eighth. You have the franchise tag players. And that could ha- possibly have an impact on on uh, on Devontae Adams. Not that I think it will, but, uh, you know, because March 16th is the free agent period. That's when the new league year begins on March 16th. So my assumption is, at the end of February, prior to maybe the scouting combine, that's when you're going to get um, probably an answer from Aaron Rodgers. So about three weeks, four weeks max. But that's that's when it's going to happen. Because March 16th, if I'm not mistaken, is the beginning of the the new league year. The way it the way it begins and you're already going to hear about free agent moves prior to that you're going to hear about teams coming to agreements with players and such in that in that you know period in which they're allowed to start the the process of working out contracts where it's non-tampering so you're going to you're going to hear about that probably right around that right right before that right before the scouting combine i got to ma- imagine they're going to do that or he'll make an announcement of some type uh, 877-867-1670. Samuel says some of it's going to be virtual. Media access is all going to be virtual from what I'm seeing regarding Super Bowl. Um, no, I'm talking about opening night. Opening night's going to be virtual, but not everything is virtual. The coverage itself out there will not all be virtual. So there you go. Should be fine. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, you know what? And, and here's the bottom line. Because whether it's guests or just stories or th- being able to tell the tale of whats what it is that's going on out there, the, the, the beauty of radio, and now we do have pictures with the Bud Light live stream, but the beauty of all of this is we can take you there. And we have been doing it now for over a decade with the Bill Michael Show, um, which as far as I know, we're the only show in the state of Wisconsin that's done it for this long consistently. We're the only ones that do it. There's others that will send a person or somebody there at times for a day or two or to cover something, or you get some former players that will go out because they're going to be there. They're going to be part of that Players Association, big, big hoopla, and, and all the former players like to go. And here's the other reason, because former players, they get tickets to the game. They can buy tickets for face value, but you've got to pick them up out there. So they'll spend 200 bucks on an airline ticket. They'll fly out and then sell their tickets for thousands of dollars. And make money, and then they'll turn around and do a couple of interviews, and then they come home. And that's usually the way it goes for a lot of the former players that we see roaming around out there. Hey, how you doing? Good. I came out to get my tickets. So I got my tickets. Yeah, I sold them to a, a guy who owns a Fortune 500 company for twenty grand. So you make $15,000. You come and basically walk around Radio Row. You promote yourself a little bit, and uh, you go back home, catch the game. So some of it's going to be virtual, but not all of it. But we'll be out there hopefully getting as, as much information as we can. So it's always a crapshoot. You never know. This, the, like last year, you, there was nothing. We didn't go last year. There was no Radio Road. It was just non-existent. This year, it's going to be a scaled-back version. We don't know. I've already had two or three agents that I've contacted that have said, we're not going for two reasons. One, it's L.A. And I, I would have thought L.A., this would have been the big party. And it, apparently, uh, because I've been to L.A., but I've never been to L.A. like this. Um, but... They are like, look, it's so spread out. Everywhere you go is an hour or two. And if we do five interviews at in a day from five different locations, that's ten hours in the car. We don't want to do it. It's not worth it. So they'll they're gonna wait for Arizona. And Arizona, I I love Arizona in so many ways. One, I love going there for spring training. Uh, I've been there for numerous events uh, a couple of years back, or I shouldn't say a couple of years, but about five or six years back, I think is what it was, when we were out in uh, Glendale for the Super Bowl. They had the Pro Bowl out there as well. That's back when Jordy Nelson, Clay Matthews, Josh Sitton, Mason Crosby, they were all out there. And uh, we got a chance to to talk to all those guys. John Kuhn, I think, was there as well as an alternate and uh, we also did that and the Waste Management Open because that was the return of Tiger to the Waste Management Open. I mean, the town was just a buzz, a buzz. So, man, it's, uh, it's, it's just, you know, it's going to be a good time in Arizona. Then the year after that is, is Vegas. And Vegas has never hosted a Super Bowl before. So that's going to be all new and then obviously the city that does it so incredibly well the year after that is going to be new orleans so 3 years of uh, a lot of fun and exaltation uh, all getting ready to uh to come up so can't wait excited about it all uh 8778671670 let's do this we'll break we'll come back more bill michael show right after this Thanks so much for uh, joining us. Hey, a company right here in Wisconsin, industrial cleaning supplies, janitorial supplies, or if you just want to do some things around the house, put some ceramics on your car, your truck, your boat, whatever it happens to be, got to go to Wabam, W-A-B-A-M, getwabam.com. That is getwabam.com. Ryan DeStefano and the whole gang over there, they do a great job. They're based right in Colgate, Wisconsin. Uh, and they can take care of you anywhere in, say, within the sound of my voice of Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, northern Illinois, all, all over the place. And they can help you out. If you're a company within the sound of my voice, uh, go ahead and give them a buzz. Go to get, G-E-T, com. That is getwabam, W-A-B-A-M, getwabam.com. Really good stuff. I use it around the house all the time. Uh, and not just for, you know. Not for just for wiping down countertops. I'm talking about uh, some of the ceramics and such for the motorcycle and the boat. I'm going to be using it all over the boat this year. Uh, my car. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, really, really good stuff. Um, this was from uh, Marty who says, uh, I keep waiting for Aaron Rodgers to make his decision because I have a feeling he's coming back. I can't wait for next year to see what this team is going to look like and what Goody and Russ Ball pull magically out of their hat. However... I am a little concerned about the defending champions. That is the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, They don't seem to be playing real well right now. Give me your thoughts. Look, uh, the Bucks have lost, uh, what is it, six of their last 11. They're five and six in their last 11 games. Uh, And they just got routed by the uh, Denver Nuggets. I mean routed. Uh, They've had some injuries. They've, you know, I mean, they, they haven't had all three of their big three together constantly throughout the season. Um. I think, you know, the beginning of the season was a little bit of a, a, a loop because Brooke Lopez was not able to play. So am I concerned about it? They're 31-21 they're and 21 right now uh, with, what, 30 games remaining on the season as we turn this corner. I'm not overly concerned, I guess. Um, some are because they're not playing great basketball. Uh, and they have been up and down. They're sitting at number five right now in the East. Uh, They're only a game. Believe it or not, the Cavaliers are right there with the Bucs. The Cavaliers, the 76ers are, you know, a half game better. I mean, right now from the top to the bottom, uh, the bottom six divides by two and a half games. So we saw Brooklyn up there, and then they faltered. And then we saw Chicago up there, and then they faltered. And we see Miami up there, and and Miami will get overtaken at some point. The 76ers have played good and then played bad. It's it, it's, it's not a runaway right now. The only team that really has dominated uh, for the most part is Phoenix. Phoenix, after taking that loss to the Bucks, has, pardon the pun, rebounded in a mighty way, in a mighty way. And their win streak sits at 10 games in a row right now. They've just been that good. Um, so in between them, Golden State as well. Golden State is, uh, you know, three and a half games behind them in the West. Uh, but Phoenix has really played good basketball. But that's in the West. I still think the Bucks are going to represent the East, barring mass injury. Uh, and they'll just put it all together. I think last year really taught the Bucks something. Because they had PJ Tucker was down and then Portis was down and they, they, you know, and then, and then uh, Holiday was down and then Middleton was I mean, they just kept losing guys here or there. They could never just put everybody on the, on the court at the same time. And then finally, with about, I think like 10, 12 games to go, that's how uh, everybody came back. And Budenholzer, I remember him talking about it, saying this is, you know, our mad scientist discovery throughout the season was what we can run, who's good at what, you know, what rotations were working, what weren't, you know. And then when everybody started to come back after about this couple of games with everybody together, then it was, okay, let's hone it. For the next seven, eight games, let's hone it. And they got into a little bit of a rhythm. And even then, they were losing game one of damn near every season or every series. So then They struggled. But, again, it was the mad scientist, okay, we figured you out, we played hard, but nope, okay, here we go. And then they put that all together and ultimately won a championship. I think they look at it, the, the regular season differently than what they looked at it two, three years ago, whereas you had to win a lot of games, get the number one overall, you, you, you really, you're, you're driving really, really hard to get to the finish line of the season without realizing that that's not the end of your season. You know, your season now goes for four, four more weeks, five more weeks. So I, I think I'm not, again, if this is win one, lose one, win one, lose one for the next couple of weeks, yeah, you know, it's not overwhelmingly concerning. But if you're losing five of your last eight down the stretch before the season is, that's when I become concerned. But right now it's it's been... You know getting drilled that bad by Denver was a little bit shocking, but it's not overwhelmingly shocking so I'm not still not concerned but um yeah it's uh it it they're not playing their best basketball, but you are correct uh eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy uh if you wanna uh, call in phone lines are wide open they have been all day. We've had a lot of good stuff today though uh from both uh emails and twitters. Um, Backcountry says, by the way, in regards to Caleb Williams, uh, I wanted Mertz to succeed so badly he just hasn't uh bring on Williams. So, Ben, let me ask you this. Has there been because I am seeing here that there have been rumors that he is now enrolled at now, this is all rumors that he is he is enrolled at Wisconsin. Then the next rumor is he's called Paul Chris to say I'm not coming to Wisconsin. Others are saying he's enrolled at USC. We don't know any of this for sure, right?
2: There haven't been any official reports of this out there, correct? Correct. That I'm it's, missing? It's kind of re- reached the goose chase level of as soon as he commits on right. his own social media, that's when we'll know. Because, yeah, there was a report from Rivals yesterday that he had called Paul Crist around 4 p.m. and said he wasn't going to come to Wisconsin. But then there's also a report from On3, which is another recruiting site today, from uh, Jerry Hamilton, who works for ESPN as well, that says... It's Wisconsin against USC um so yeah it's a, and no he is not at, uh, enrolled at Wisconsin. there is another Caleb Williams that people found in the directory. he's actually an employee, but then there is a right. Caleb Williams email in the USC database. People are just trying to find any piece of information they can um, but nothing Correct. is concrete
0: nothing is written in stone as of yet one hundred percent
2: but i'm still okay. I've never really surpassed. Say 25 to 30% confidence that he would even come to Wisconsin. I think right now I'm down around 8%, maybe 7 Well, I, I'm sitting here thinking to myself uh, if he hasn't openly committed to USC, tell me why. There could be a member of the party that is trying to get him to heavily consider Wisconsin. I don't know. The funny thing but that's is. that's what I'm saying. I yeah.
0: mean, that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if he was Lincoln Riley's guy, the way everybody makes it out to seem then uh, to me, he would have committed. He would have said, hey, coach, I'm following you. I'm going to USC. This is this. This would have been like a no-brainer. So now my question is, well, what the hell
2: are you considering? Well, I made the argument this weekend. Uh, I was on Twitter Spaces with uh, my former colleague and friend, Asher Lowe. I made the argument that Wisconsin is a better on-field fit than USC in terms of only football. Take away the NIL and everything else he'd be making off the field.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't... I mean, I know, uh, again, I'm not saying he's coming to Wisconsin. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying, it, to me, the question is, if it was as slam dunk the way everybody at USC made it seem, and even those national recruiting sites, and even ESPN had talked about it. Like, oh, you know, he's, he's going into the porthole. He's, he's leaving. He's going to USC. He's going to follow Lincoln Riley. My question is, why hasn't he? And then the second portion of this is, and this was actually a, a, a pretty, pretty interesting thought. A buddy of mine that works over at Ohio State said— You know, if he indeed was waiting for Ingram to get set and get official announcements, you're not making a move until you know Ingram is here, and then you have, okay, not the what-ifs anymore. Now you're making your consideration between Lincoln-Riley and USC or Wisconsin, Ingram, family friend, the Big Ten, and having the success there.
2: Ingram was officially hired a couple days ago. So So now that has happened.
0: Right, so now that that's happened, now you expect an answer here in the next uh, day, two, three. You know, I mean, you, you almost yesterday you, when you expected some type of an answer. So, I don't, I don't know if he is or isn't. I, I don't have my ear to the ground on that stuff the way the way you guys do in Madison. But, but I my my whole argument always is, it's sometimes I I listen loudest to what it not it is not said, like the Jim Gray thing. When Adam Schefter and Darlington and Ian Rappaport all came out with Tom Brady, Brady seemed pissed. There was no official announcement. He didn't get in front of it, other than for his dad to say he hasn't retired. But I'm thinking, why did your boy Jim Gray not break this? Because he would be the go-to guy. He was your, he's your guy. Why would he not tweet it out to say, "Hey, it's official. Tom Brady has told me that he's retired." Because you would give him the props for it then, you know whereas maybe it just leaked out accidentally, whatever. But this whole thing is what's not said. He has not committed to USC as of yet. So my question is, now I ask why. And if it's because there's a real consideration there because of Ingram, well, then I think you have to take that into consideration and say that he's at least weighing this heavily because there is a pull to say, hey, Wisconsin might be a better fit for me than USC. So I I don't know. I just... Uh, for everybody out there that wants to see, you know, this happen, and I, I, would too. But the longer this gets drug out, the worse. With all the anticipation, and now you've got student section cheering for, uh, you know, Caleb Williams at the at the Badger game yesterday, and this is all this is all going to resonate very loudly with Graham Mertz. So if he does not come here. Graham Mertz either is going to look at this as the ultimate hill to climb and say, I have got to get better. I have got to be an incredible quarterback. I have got to get between my ears to my arm on sync within a millisecond of one another, or he's going to just go away and become just a shell of what you were hope he was going to be when he was originally brought in as one of the top recruits in the country. Uh, one of the two, one of the two directions, because as of right now, you've got an, an adequate at best quarterback who gave you some wins, but also gave you some really poor throws and very slow decisions. Uh, that's vying for a starting job against a guy who may or may not be here. And, and it's got a way on grammar. So we'll see what, uh, what Williams does, but you hope he makes this decision sooner rather than later. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away one more time today. Hang in there. More of the Bill Michael show next.
3: Now, here's Mike Clemens. It's the Bengals and the Rams in the Super Bowl. We'll have reports every day from L.A. as the Bill Michaels Show broadcasts live from Super Bowl 56 all next week. The Rams held on to beat the 49ers 20-17 to to win the NFC. Rams head coach Sean McVay asked if it was worth trading all those draft picks to Detroit for quarterback Matthew Stafford.
2: I, you know, I think he's played like we thought he would. And he's, you know, no moment's too big for him. I can tell you that much. He's elevating everybody around him. You know, we got one more. We know it's going to be a great challenge. So happy for Zach Taylor and the Bengals. What a tough, resilient group they are, but really so happy for Matthew, Andrew Whitworth. I mean, you know, Aaron Donald, Vaughn. There's just so many guys that I'm just so happy for. Jalen Ramsey, but we got some more work to do.
3: Cincinnati is back in the Super Bowl for the first time since 1988. Bengals head coach Zach Taylor, after a 27-24 upset win over the Chiefs on the road in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium. I'm happy for this team and everyone in the organization, but you can't help but but think about all the people back in Cincinnati celebrating right now and all the people that were here It felt like half the stadium, you know At the end of the game when the game was over and all of our fans got down there uh, it, was, it was a special moment. And hopefully we can get them all out to L.A. We can figure that out, get the planes, the shuttles, the trains, whatever we've got to do, and we're going to have to have our best on, the, on that Sunday against the Super Bowl. And Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett was introduced as the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. Hackett talked about his path in the NFL, from the Bills to the Jaguars to the last three years in Green Bay. Back at Buffalo, going to Jacksonville, I mean, that 2017 season was
0: unbelievable, and it was about those guys working together and believing in each other. I mean, that experience there. And then you go to the Green Bay Packers. I mean, I'm telling you, the Green Bay Packers, that what a great organization. Amazing place to be. Matt LaFleur, I mean, I will thank him forever. I'm going to make a run uh,
3: at being the sexiest coach in the, in the NFL against him. That's the Broncos' new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show.
0: How are we looking? Welcome back to the program so uh, a couple of things for the uh, for the upcoming Super Bowl a week uh, two weeks from uh, yesterday uh, first of all it's on NBC and I of all the channels I have to admit I I, I do like Fox's coverage Fox uh, for a couple of reasons Fox I think does it extremely well they not that NBC doesn't I think my favorite broadcasters, are Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, even with Mike Tarico and company, and Michelle Tafoya, who I think is fantastic, and, and that entire staff. Um, but I think NBC has the broadcasters for it. I do like Fox and their super lead-up to it uh, because I think they do a fantastic job, and I know people hate them, but I, I do like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Uh, I do enjoy their commentary. I enjoy Buck's call. Um. But uh, Fox, when it comes to doing the Super Bowl, for the behind-the-scenes, I think they do it the best. I really do. I uh, Just for the stuff that we get a chance to be privy to when we're on site and on location, I think Fox does it the best. Fox really puts on a spread. They put on a display. And it's not, I'm not talking like food or anything. I'm talking they put on a display. They bring an energy to the Super Bowl uh, where nobody else does. Uh, CBS is good. But they're not as good. I just, there's an energy about Fox, whereas CBS, not the same. NBC is good. I don't think they're overwhelmingly great, but I think their broadcast is, the actual broadcast of the game is better. So I, I would assume that a lot of people, at least in our area, are going to enjoy Collinsworth and Michaels over Buck and Aikman and Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Um, so And certainly over the uh, the ESPN Monday Night crew. Um, so there you go, by the way, uh, Cincinnati comes in as a four uh, point underdog into the contest. Uh, the Rams four point favorites at this point. And, uh, it is, um, the, and as I was reading, I'm, I'm reading a lot of the different, you know, early on, uh, matchups, but the key matchup could be for the Rams pass rush, who I had mentioned earlier. Uh, with Donald and, and Von Miller and everybody else, uh, they had 50 sacks in the regular season, which ranked third in the NFL. While the Bengals allowed 50 55 sacks, that was third worst in uh, in the league. And uh, that's that's your matchup: is that offensive pa- or that defensive pass rush of the Rams versus the offensive line of the Cincinnati Bengals? I think that's it. Uh, both both offenses could be missing key pieces. pieces. Uh, the Rams, Tyler Higby, by the way, who suffered the knee injury yesterday. Um, they say it's not uh, – it, it could he could be back. It's not as severe as they originally thought. So they are talking about uh, Tyler Higbee possibly making it back for the Super Bowl. Uh, Ian Rappaport just reported that over on the NFL, um, on his Twitter channel for the NFL Network. So that's good news, good news for them. All right, that's it. We got four more to go before we head off to L.A. But thanks for uh, paying attention to us, both over on the Bud Light live stream and thanks to those of you listening to us all throughout the great city of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders. Don't forget, you can always follow everything over at thebillmichaels.com. That's thebillmichaels.com. You can always watch the program for free. Subscribe for free on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash Bill Michaels, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S Bill Michaels Show. There you go. Good stuff. Time for us to go. Back at it again tomorrow. Until then, have a go.
3: The Bill Michaels Show Podcast.